Welcome back to the Stepping Up Become Who You Are Meant to Be podcast. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you've been with me before, thank you so much for coming back and checking it out. So there have been a lot of solo episodes over the last few weeks, especially with the holidays and the start of the new year. And I am excited to get back into interviews. So we will have interviews over the next few weeks and I'm going to continue scheduling them out. But this is such an amazing interview to start with. So, you know, when somebody comes into your path and you're not really 100% sure how they got there, but you found them and you were immediately like, oh, I want to know more about this person. Well, that's how I felt about Kristen Zavo. And she came across my path um, actually via my business coach who just posted information about Kristen's book. And I was like, I, I need to talk to this woman. Like, she sounds incredible. And I got to spend, you know, half hour, 40 minutes talking with Kristen, and I'm so excited to share our conversation with you. So here's a little bit about Kristen before we head into our interview. So Kristen Zavo, she is a career coach and the best-selling author of Job Joy, Your Guide to Success, Meaning, and Happiness in Your Career. And it is her book title that piqued my interest immediately with her. She has two decades of experience in traditional corporate jobs, including investment banking, consulting, and industry. She understands the frustrations, the fears, and challenges that come with realizing you're in the wrong profession and figuring out what to do next. Kristen believes everyone deserves a career that excites and inspires them, and the feeling of happiness and fulfillment that comes from meaningful work. Just that sentence alone makes me want to talk to her again. But through her work as an executive coach, a speaker, workshop facilitator, and the author of Job Joy, she has formally and informally helped thousands of clients, colleagues, and friends find job satisfaction, whether they choose to stay put and find happiness with the job that they're in, or they find a new job or completely change careers. Because as we talk about in our conversation, it is never too late to change your path. And my favorite quote is, when you don't do what you love to do and you're not happy with your work, you are robbing the world of your gifts. And we don't want you to do that. So we're going to hop right in to my, I don't want to call it an interview, but my conversation with Kristen Zavo. Enjoy. All right. I'm so excited to be here with you today, Kristen. So we have Kristen Zavo, who is a career coach and a best-selling author. And it was initially, uh, Kristen, your book title, Job Joy, that just, I looked at it and I was like, I need to click on this and, and learn more about it. Just Just that idea of job joy. So I'm so excited to have you here today and to chat with the audience. Thank you so much, Nikki. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so let's jump and dive right in and just tell us, you know, a little bit about you, who you are, and kind of what you do. Okay, beautiful. So um, as you said, I'm a career coach, and I'm the author of Job Joy, Your Guide to Success, Meaning, and Happiness in Your Career. And um, really, the book was born, as many books are, from my own experience. I've been in traditional corporate type jobs for nearly two decades. And, you know, I did everything from investment banking to um, uh, 
industry work and marketing and strategy, and the majority of my career was in consulting, so restructuring consulting for companies that were going bankrupt. So the Lehman Brothers of the world would be one of them that you would recognize. Very high pressure. Um, you know, I was always surrounded by super smart, driven, um, you know, workaholics, and that you know, that's how I started my career, and that's what I thought was the norm. And basically, the book came to be because what I do in the book is I share my story, how I changed careers, I changed jobs. Every time I found myself unhappy and unfulfilled, I didn't know why, I didn't know what to do, so I changed things up. Um, and it took me a little while, but I finally figured out <laughs> the formula. Um, and you know, spoiler alert, it's not just to change jobs. That's not the, just the solution. You've got to, you know, figure out why you're unhappy and what is it you want. And I talk about defining success on your own terms. Um, but it was through those career changes that I, you know, unbeknownst to me at the time was developing a process. And then people started coming to me and saying, well, how did you do that? You had no experience. How could you change jobs and get a promotion in an industry you haven't ever been in? Um, and so they started asking me for advice, everything from, you know, can you look at my resume? Do I have to go to a networking thing? Should I go get my MBA? And I started coaching on the side just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I wrote the book and I'm like, wait a minute, I have to follow my own advice here. I can't stay in a job that, you know, I don't have that passion for. I need to, you know, do what lights me up, what makes me feel good, what actually matters um, and makes an impact. So very long-winded way to say that is how the book was born. That's awesome. That's so, so exciting. So tell me what, so what was that like for you? Or I guess what was kind of the catalyst for each of those changes? So you kind of, you know, you said you figured it out along the way, but what was it that was, you know, within you that was like, I'm just, I'm not happy. I'm going to go try something else. Kind of what was the, those transitions like for you? Well, during, you know, when I was in the middle of it, they each felt different, right? Because whenever we're, we're unhappy, we find some reason. Mm -hmm. I don't like my boss. Um, you know, consulting, it's this just this project. Or I deserve a promotion and I haven't gotten it. Or I found out, you know, the guy behind me is making more money. Like there's, a, you know, there's always reasons um, that you can find if you're unhappy. Um but, you know, it really hit me, uh, and I talk about this in the book, um, I turned 30. Ooh, the big 3-0, which now is, like, funny. But at the time, it felt huge. And I just, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was upset. This is not where I was meant to be. Um, I would, and it, I seemed successful by all outside measures. I was living in a high-rise New York City doorman building apartment, um, I was making well into six figures. I was working for a prestigious consulting firm, you know, traveling all over. I could tell people that I, you know, presented to the board and I had a meeting with the CEO and by all outside measures, I was making it and I was successful. Um, but the fact is I looked around and this was not where I saw myself. I looked at what my boss was doing and that was not what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't feel like my work mattered. Um, and made a difference. I was just a cog in the wheel. And, you know, that happened. I had my, my mini breakdown. And I, at that point, I still didn't know what to do. Um, 
So I moved on hoping that the next project would be better. You know, we all hope a lot of times when we're unhappy at work, I find this with a lot of my clients too, they keep putting off making change because they think, oh, well, the new year it'll be better. After the restructuring, it will be better. Or let me just get through um, until I get my bonus. Like there's always a reason to put off. Um, And I did that for a few years. And then it started catching up to me in other ways. My health started to suffer. Um, I would get, I never had any health problems my whole life. And all of a sudden I was getting terrible migraines, like easily popping, you know, 10 Motrin in a day. Then I went to doctors. They gave me, I went to an allergist. I went to a migraine um, neurologist. And at one point I was on up to like eight different medications. Like there were no sprays, there were allergy sprays, there were caffeine pills. Um, I mean, there was the pill you took if you thought you were going to get a migraine. There was the pill you took after you had the migraine. Like it was, it was absurd. Um, And it just had gotten out of control. And I remember, you know, going back to the neurologist, nothing was working. And she brought me to her office and she sat across the desk from me and she said, I can go through this whole list of, you know, medications with you, and I'm happy to prescribe them. But, you know, your lifestyle needs to change. And I looked at her, and she said, you need eight hours of sleep. And that was laughable because, you know, we were working easily 80-hour weeks, traveling. We'd be in the office till 8. We'd go get food. Then we'd eat food alone in our hotel rooms while we continued to work. Um, So she said, you need eight hours of sleep and you need access to quality food, chemical-free quality food. I'm like, well, that's not possible. We're on the road. We're having, you know, Panera for lunch every day. No, nothing against Panera. But we're we're having, you know, essentially fast food every day um, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, That's not possible. And she looked at me and she said, you know, if you don't stop, you know, something worse is going to happen. And she literally wrote me a prescription. She took out her RX pad and literally wrote me a prescription for eight hours of sleep. There's a picture of that in the book because it's not even believable, right? Um, and, of course, I never gave my boss that prescription. I wouldn't have had <laughs> the, the chutzpah because that would have, you know, isolated me. There are all these reasons. Um, but that was my first wake-up call, which that wasn't even enough. I had to have multiple, like... <laughs> slaps in the face by life before I finally got the message. Um, and that, that's really why I wrote the book because I don't want other people to take the long way like I did. I want them to realize before things get too bad, before they're in bed with a two-week migraine, before there I would cry randomly. And I wasn't even a crier. <laughs> you know, I prided myself on having no emotion because I worked with all men and you can't show any emotion. And then I would be, you know, in church and all of a sudden the tears would come for no reason. Mm. Just because I never stopped, right? You go, go, go. And if you are a workaholic, you know it. Uh, one of the benefits, and I say that in quotes, but one of the benefits is that you never get to stop and feel how bad you feel. Mm. <laughs> so in church, the tears came. Um, because it was just so bad. And I remember sitting there and I was just waiting for everyone to stand up. I'm Catholic, you know, the stand up, sit down, kneel. I was just waiting for everyone to stand up so that I could leave. And I said, if, you know, if this is success, I don't want any part of it. Hmm. And that was one of the, between that and the 
the neurologists, those were two things that really spurred me into really looking at what did I want to do? Because I felt stuck. You know, I, in the scheme of things, 30 is a baby, right? But in my world, what was real to me was that it was too late. I had, you know, already 10 years in finance. Um, what was I going to do? That was my education. Um, I didn't even know what I wanted to do anyway. I didn't want to start over. I had built up this lifestyle, yeah. right? Because when we're unhappy, we try to make ourselves happy with things. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and so I had the nice apartment. I had the nice clothes. You know, I had a nice life. Now I, now I need to make the money. Now I need to go to the job I don't like so that I could buy more stuff to make myself feel better about the job I don't like. Yeah. Um, so, oh, goodness. Yes. <laughs> But it's funny. It's funny that you say, and I'm not funny, but it is, it's, we have to have those kicks in the butts, you know, and a lot mm-hmm. of times, and most of the times I think it's, you hear the story of it's health and health is the thing you're like, and then all of a sudden my body started to, yep. you know, and I have to give credit to your neurologist because a lot of times I don't think you hear doctors say you just, you need to change your lifestyle, you know? a lot of times you hear they keep giving you the pills or the prescriptions. And I actually ended up at a, my health started to decline and I ended up at a holistic doctor who I praise for every single day where I'm like, I just, I went to the regular and I just going back and I'm like, this is not, I was like, this is more than my body or like what something's going on. Like, I know this is like stress related and stress induced and, you know, taking was it because of work? Was that the stress yeah. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was all sorts of stressed out earlier in 2018 when I was trying to figure out, am I going to stay full time? Well, if I don't stay full time, well, what do I do? And it's that it's that notion of this is what I've done. This is all I've done. What yeah. else am I going to do? And I knew at that moment that I didn't want to go back into like a full time job. I knew at that point I was like, I want to have a flexible schedule. I want to work on my, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I couldn't quite put it, like say it out loud to myself. That's which, a scary thing. Yeah, it's a very scary thing. And all of that stress of trying to figure out what was going on at work. How do I make this balance with my life and my work? And I want to work and what do I want to do? And it just totally shut me down. And, um, it wasn't until like kind of everything had cleared and I was like, wow, like I'm feeling, you know, a lot better. And, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how the health will be the one that's going to kick you in the butt. And if people are feeling this way and they can get your book and they can make the change before that happens, like that, that's, I think the incredible piece of like, let's get this before it becomes a health issue before you're at the neurologist and before you're fighting off two week migraines, like how do you get ahead of this? And, realize that it's not too late to change yeah and when we talk health it's physical it's mental it's emotional um i had a client come to me after she was she was in the hospital for a brain aneurysm due to stress at work like migraines are nothing when you compare it to that right i mean it can be bad um and so yes it's just it's it's important. The problem is as human beings, I think many times we are motivated to change more by pain Mm -hmm. than by, you know, seeing that something could be better or by our dreams, unfortunately. So what would you say to, to the woman or the man, most people that listen are women, but to, to the woman who's saying it's too late, 
Like I've already, like, what else am I going to do? You know? Well, first of all, it's never too late. I want to say that one more time. It is never too late. I work with women as young as their 20s and well into their 50s, low 60s. Um, And the fact is, wherever you are, everything that you have gone through, I do believe and I see, um, has gotten you to the perfect place. You've got the perfect experience, the perfect background to do whatever it is you were meant to do. Um, One of my favorite um, speeches we've all heard is the Steve Jobs commencement speech. And he talks about how even if we don't see it when we're in the middle of it, looking back, we're able to connect the dots, right? And see how everything we did was actually preparing us for what we were meant to do. When I was changing careers and it felt like I was starting over, that was all happening for me, not to me. It was happening for me so that I could understand when I would be working with clients. I've quit jobs without a job. I've been laid off. I've made major career changes. And if I hadn't been through that myself, then how could I support people through that in integrity? Yeah. I get it. I've, I've felt it. I've experienced it <laughs> myself. And um, so it is never too late. Um, I think it's never too late to dream and figure out what it is you want to do, um, especially in today's day and age. If you do, if you know, becoming an entrepreneur is, is a thought, um, it's, it's so much easier. Whatever your niche is, whatever your specialty is, right, um, there's a group of people that need your help. And by staying somewhere that you're not meant to be, staying somewhere that you're not happy, you're not fulfilled, you're not inspired, you're not inspiring you're essentially robbing the world of the gifts that only you can give. I love that. Yeah. Cause you are, you're, when you, I, I love, you know, when you do what you love to do, you do it so much better, mm-hmm. you know? And then if you don't do, like, if you don't take the gifts that you have and serve, then you are, you're robbing somebody else from learning from you or, you know, whatever you're, whatever you're going to produce, whether if it's a thing or coaching or whatever it is, you're taking that away from somebody else who could come to you. Yeah. And, and that's the common thread. Um, I know with my clients and from what you've told me, you know, about, um, about yours, the common thread is they want to make a difference. They don't just want to get up, go to work, come home, cook, go to bed, right? They actually want their life to have meaning. Um, and so the only way you could do that is to by get getting out of that soul sucking job and you know taking the leap to do what you were meant to do. And it doesn't mean you have to quit without a job, right? There are ways to transition nice and smoothly. Yeah. Um, uh, but you've got to do it. You owe that to yourself. Yeah. And what would you say are some of those um, ways to transition? And I know for everybody it's it's going to be a little bit different, but what are some kind of overarching themes that you see or suggestions that you might be able to say for someone who's listening is going, well, I want to transition and this is great to know that there's a way, but what are some, you know, kind of or even thought processes or questions that they can ask themselves to say to kind of provide the belief? Because a lot of times I think we don't believe we can do it, so then we don't do it. So yeah. what can they do that will help show them that it's possible or just give them the idea to kind of start planning out what they might want to do? So before doing anything, I would make sure that you're clear on what it is you want to do. Like, 
clear on what you want your life to look like. I like to start very big picture. What do you want your life to look like? How do you want to feel? And how does career play into that? Because our career, what we do for work, can either support our life and our priorities and our values, or it can take away. So I like to look at a big level first and then drilling down to, okay, um, what am I passionate about? What causes do I care about? What people do I care about? If, and I don't even remember where I heard this, but it was a great, um, it was a great question. If you had a microphone to the world and you had five minutes or one minute, what would you say? And that can be a very telling thing into what you care about, the causes you care about, um, and how you want to help people. Obviously, one of the things I would say is it's never too late. <laughs> um, and that you deserve to be happy in your career. Um, life's too short for anything less. Um, and then looking at, you know, what are the things that in your free time, what are you passionate about? What did you love as a child? What do you, can your friends not get you to shut up about, right? Yeah. And look at all that, get that down, and then say, okay, how could I turn this into something and a lot of times that's why it helps to you know have some support of course um and that would be my second thing whenever you're going to make a big change get support and surround yourself with people that are doing the same thing so if if everyone close to us is happy with the nine to five grind or at least content enough where they don't want anything different then it can make us feel like we're crazy and it can, you know, enforce our belief that nothing else is possible or we don't deserve more because everybody around us is happy and we wonder what's wrong with us. And so by surrounding ourselves with like-minded people, people who want more for themselves, people that want to make a difference, people that are doing the scary things, um, you know, that helps us see that it is possible. If she can do it, I can do it, right? Um, which, of course, reminds me of one of my favorite quotes, you know, the Jim Rohn quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So surrounding yourself with people um, that are also doing big things like you. And then, you know, if if this is a big goal, getting some support. Um, That could be a coach. That could be an accountability buddy. But somebody that is going to listen to what you say you want And I say what you say you want, your vision, not somebody else's definition of success, Um, but then hold you to your vision. My clients know, they think before they speak because they know once they say they want something, that's it, it's happening. I had a a client of mine, she's got um, almost a full manuscript done and she's been sitting on it for years. And we were talking, she wants to publish the book, as she should. I said, okay, well, it's going to happen in 2019. And immediately she starts back. I'm like, nope, it's, it's happening. It's done. Like, let's do this. You're telling me that, you know, your favorite thing to do, how you are lit up is when you were writing. Right. And I'm just so excited for her. She just booked herself a writing retreat. Uh, She's she's doing the work um, and she's going to be a published author by the end of the year. Um, and so, and actually she's a great example following in this train of thought. She hasn't quit her job yet. Yeah. 
So, you know, we're working on what are her next steps, what is the next job she's going to um, have, and ultimately she wants to be fully on her own, but she wants to get some publishing skills. Right now she's more into social media and communications. Um, she wants to really get into the publishing world and help other authors um, while she is becoming, you know, a published author herself. Yeah. And so it's not doesn't have to be a black or white either or. Yeah. She's working her job. We're doing things to make her happier now while looking for her next job, the next step to get her where she ultimately wants to go yeah. while she's finishing her book. That's amazing. And the thing is we, you know, back to that black and white thing, if you try something out and you don't like it, you can always go back to what you were doing before. There's no rule that like, it's too late. You can never go back. You absolutely can. And now you have a great story and, you know, more experience under your belt. If I wanted right now to go back to consulting, which I don't, but if I wanted to go back to corporate consulting, I absolutely could. Yeah. And that's what I thought when I left. I'm like, well, if this doesn't work out, I'm like, yeah. well, then I'll just go get another job. Like, I'll, I'll, you know, it's okay. Like, it will all work out. And I had tried at least two like side hustles while I was still working before I decided to leave and jump into um, doing what I'm doing now. And, and it was really hard to be like, well, this isn't going to work. I remember when I, I did a two year um, like group coaching program and I was doing health and fitness. And I remember when I told the coach and I was like, so I think I'm done. Like there were still two months left. And I was like, but this just isn't it's not what I want to do. Like, it's not aligning with who I am. Like, I don't, I'm not excited to do the work. Like the work is becoming a job for me. Like it yeah. took something I was passionate about and turned it into a job. And then I was like, I'm not enjoying this anymore. Were you considering being a fitness coach? Was that? Yes. The, the yeah. Program? Got it. So I had basically done for like a year and a half, like fitness coaching, running coaching, things like that. Um, and I was like, this just, this isn't, sitting with me. And that was really hard. I'm like, I just invested a two years and some money. And I was like, but I'm not going to keep forcing something that's not there. Would uh, you say, I'm curious, would you say that what you learned in that helps you in your current work? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I would say, I'm like, I, I learned so many things that I'm now able to take over with me, but it was just what I was doing wasn't working. And then the coach and I weren't completely aligned either so I was like this just isn't you know a right fit for me but I learned so much in those like I learned enough about myself to say I definitely want to be like what that taught me was I definitely want to be an entrepreneur and B it gave me the belief that I could do it mm. and I was like oh I can do this all right well let me continue searching and looking and figuring it out and just you know knowing that the it's it's out there and it'll happen eventually yeah so, yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's just, it's, you know, surrounding yourself with those people. And I think that's a big piece of what, like I left work and I immediately signed up with a business coach. And I was like, I can't, I need somebody like next to me being the accountability person, but also kind of helping me. And I, you know, told her, I said, you know, I wouldn't have started this podcast without her. I did an in-person event and for the exact thing that you said. You're like, well, I want to do it. And she's like, well, why don't you? I'm like, pie, pie, you know, you want to make all the excuses in the book, but having that person who was just as invested in my business as I was, 
And it wasn't just like a friend, like, well, if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. It's no big deal. Like she was like, this is what you want to do. You told me I want this. Yeah. Do it. And the same notion of if it doesn't work out and you don't enjoy it, so then don't do it again. Yeah. And I love, um, I love what you're saying there because she's being objective. A coach can be objective. Your mom, your dad, your best friend, your husband, they all have opinions. Yeah. And even though they want the best for you, what, you know, they're recommending to you is clouded by their own stuff, by their own fears, by how it will affect them, right? When you have, when you're working with someone, their job is just to hold you to what you say you want. And it's clean. It's very simple, right? All their stuff isn't there. Yeah. And I just think it's so, it was, you know, I saw the value in having that person like literally kind of holding your hands along the way, you know, like our, our relationship, our contract, I say relationship, our contract just ended. And I was like, but what am I going to do now? <laughs> the bird must fly. And she didn't just like drop me off the face <laughs> of the planet, you know. <laughs> All right, Bob, I'm never going to talk to you again. But, oh. but kind of seeing that value and somebody kind of pushing you along the way. It's just, it's what you can give to a coach is just, it's invaluable what they give back to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing. So what would you say, um, to what kept you pushing forward? Cause there's fear, there's fear that comes up all along the way. And I'm sure there's fear when you're pivoting and changing careers and trying something different. So what keeps you, you know, even saying like never stopping, like keep pushing forward, keep trying. What is it that drives you? to keep doing that to keep doing what I'm doing now or when I yeah, was changing just to kind of keep saying just to kind of even or before when you were changing jobs like okay this didn't work this isn't what I want to be let me try something else like what is it like that's driving you the driving force kind of behind you to keep pushing through that fear or whatever's kind of keeping you from holding you back from doing it it's for me at least the the last major change when I went from consulting to a corporate job um, which was kind of the change that started the whole chain of events to, that led to where I am now. Um, I wish I could tell you it was I knew I was meant for something better, which that I certainly did. I found an old journal entry where I'm like, I don't want to be just one person. I'm meant to do bigger things. Um, but I wish I could tell you it was the dream or it was the drive. But the fact was life was too painful. Um, my career was all consuming. Um, I wasn't able to have a life outside of it. I, you know, like I said, I was hitting what felt like a milestone age and I was alone. I couldn't date. Uh, what man wants to date you um, when you're gone four or five days a week? Yeah. Um, you can't have a relationship like that. Um, and, you know, work would take so much out of me that whenever I wasn't working, I just wanted to be on the couch. And this was before Netflix was really popular. So, like, I would be watching Lifetime or Oxygen. Remember that show oh. Snapped? Do you remember Snapped? Oh, no, but, yeah. <laughs> it was on Lifetime or, you know. It was on, it was on one of those. And <laughs> Snapped was like this murder mystery. These women would, like, kill their husbands in their sleep. But it was... <laughs> I get it now. Okay. (laughs) My point was I needed to numb out and escape and I wasn't even watching quality stuff. I was just work. So took it out of me that I didn't have time for friends, didn't have time for relationship. I was traveling a lot for work, but I was not 
traveling the way I wanted to, you know, for adventure, for fun. I was putting off anything fun until I was successful enough. And every time I would hit that milestone, um, then before even celebrating or doing anything, I would move on to the next milestone. Right? Yeah. Um, And so it just, I mean, my body was literally breaking down. And one of the last with the um, with the neurologist when nothing was working and I was in bed with a, a solid two-week migraine, like I, it hurt to just move my head. And I remember calling her, begging her for a Vicodin just not to feel good, but just so that I could sleep. Yeah. And she said no, but there was this new thing. They could inject Botox into my scalp. Mm-hmm. And that's when I looked at, okay, well, acupuncture, which to me then was – like a very woo thing now it's like no big deal but um you know and when the thought of like injecting something into my scalp that was just another wake-up call and I said I I can't do this anymore this is affecting my health this is affecting my happiness you know at the time I didn't know what was wrong with me right I thought something was wrong with me but whatever it was I couldn't do it anymore and there were just a lot of events that happened and the last and i Towards the end, I was fantasizing about quitting so much that I had, we would leave for trips for, we'd leave on Monday morning or Sunday night. And I remember printing out my resignation letter with a date for each day so that whenever something happened, I was ready and I could just have it, have it ready to go and quit on the spot. Um, And so it was the pain that drove me, you know. Yeah. unfortunately. And I don't, I don't want it to get that bad for other people, but sometimes we need to have that wake up call. Um, we need to have something bad happen before we open our eyes and say, no, this is not how I want to live. This is not what I want to look back at the end of my life and say I did. Yeah. That's huge. So when you wrote your book, what was your, what was your intention? Like what was the message and what do you want to share with people through this, through your book? So after I left consulting and I was in corporate and I was doing coaching on the side, I didn't know it was a side hustle. I thought it was just uh, for fun. Yeah. Um, but as I was talking to people, I realized that there was a theme, there was a process um, that I had gone through and that I was helping others through. And I always knew since the time I was a teenager that I wanted to write a book. I just didn't know what it was going to be. At one point when I was dating a lot, I thought it might be like dating stories. <laughs> I think we've all said that, right? I gotta write a book on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I always knew I was gonna write a book. And, you know, then it just the time was right. They were restructuring at my corporate job. Um, and I'm like, you know what? If I'm ever gonna write this book, now is the time to do it. I can get it in a book. Then anyone can take the book and they have the manual. What do I need to do um, in today's day and age to either be happier at work now? Because I'm not telling people to quit their job. Sometimes, you know, mindset, boundaries, getting a life outside of work are all you need to do to be happier. Yeah. Um, But whether you stay in your current job, whether you get a new job, um, or whether you completely change careers, I wanted to have a roadmap for people. And I remember when I was writing the book saying, if it only helps a few people, like, then it was worth writing the book. Yeah. That's awesome. So tell me, so I know it's, you can get it on Amazon and you're doing paperback pre-order. So share all your information about that stuff. Yeah. So um, the pre-launch or the first uh, 
the first time JobJoy came out, it was in an ebook, so it was last April, and then um, that was self-published. And then a traditional publisher, a big girl publisher, picked it up. <laughs> and um, so now it will be in bookstores, it'll be at Barnes and Noble, it'll be in airports, um, in paperback form. So the official launch date when it will be in stores and you'll be able to physically get it is June 18th. Um, but if you pre-order the book, you can pre-order on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, or if you're in Canada, Indigo, um, it's everywhere. If you pre-order the book, that really helps me a lot. That helps, um, you know, honestly, it just helps bookstores see that there's interest. And so what I'm doing is for anybody who pre-orders the book, I'm coming up with a lot of fun um, bonus gifts to give them. So if you pre-order the book now, and uh, you can go to jobjoybook.com, and it's got the links. If you pre-order the book, you give me your receipt number, then I will immediately send you a digital copy, so you don't have to wait for the physical book. Um, and I've got a LinkedIn masterclass, so 10 updates you need to make now to land the job of your dreams. And then there's going to be a lot more fun bonus gifts coming out um, as well, so if you sign up now, you get access to them all. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we will link that up in the, in the show notes. So jobjoybook.com. Um, yes. So, that's awesome. Oh yeah. my gosh, Kristen. I'm so, I'm excited for you. You know, you went ahead and published this book and you did it just from your knowledge and to help, you know, whoever was able to read it. And now you've got picked up by a publisher. Like I just, congratulations. That's Thank amazing. Thank you. Is there anything else that you feel like you want to share from our, for our conversation today? I just want to reiterate that it's really never too late. You deserve to be happy and fulfilled um, and really have meaning in your work. Um, and that's not a selfish thing. It's actually selfish to not do that, right? Because reiterating what we talked about earlier, you know, you're robbing the world of your gifts. Um, and when, especially from a mom's point of view, you know, moms I talk to, they feel guilty whenever they do something for themselves, right? Um, but when you are showing up for yourselves, when you're going after a career that you love, not just dad gets to have the job he likes, but when you do too, um, of course you're making an impact, but you're also setting the example for your kids. You're showing them what is possible. You're showing them that you don't have to be in a job you hate, that it's not, you know, you, you have kids and that's the end, right? That mom gets to do what she loves too. And that makes everyone happier. We all know, right? If mom's not happy, no one's happy. So <laughs> it's so very, it's very true. Yes, <laughs> It's very true. So I, I would just say, please, you know, Give a gift to your kids. Give a gift to your future self. She's going to thank you by really going after your dreams and not staying stuck in a job that is just sucking your soul. Thank you so much, Kristen, for being on the podcast. It was such an amazing conversation. And if you guys are looking to get a copy of Kristen's book, Job Joy, Go ahead, go to jobjoybook.com. The link will be in the show notes. You can sign up to get the paperback when it's, you know, pre-order the paperback for when it's released in June and you're going to get a copy of the ebook right away. So you don't have to wait until June to get your copy. And you'll also get information on that LinkedIn masterclass that Kristen is going to be hosting. So thank you, Kristen, for coming on the podcast, for sharing your knowledge with us. And 
um, I look forward to checking out your book myself. Okay. All right, guys. Have a great one. And until next time, I'll see you later.